Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello and welcome back to the statman dave football podcast this is episode 17 Big numbers for some, small numbers for others. But anyway, we're going to talk news, then we're going to move on to a little bit of Alexis Sanchez transfer talk. Where should he go in the summer? Be it Manchester United, Juventus, or potentially PSG. Then we're going to finish off with a few Champions League previews of the big games on Wednesday evening. First up, let's do the news. So Manchester United become the first club to partner with an LGBT inclusion charity, Stonewell. Good news for Manchester United and good news for the Premier League moving on in the right area to fight against uh, discrimination and so forth. In terms of other news, Latin Rich has been handed a three-game ban from the FA for the elbow on Tyro Mings. Craig Shakespeare is, is reported to be named as Leicester City boss in the coming days, Lukaku set to sign a new five-year deal at Everton. And of course, Conte saying that Kante needs to uh, needs to improve, needs to do better. Crazy stuff considering how many interceptions and tackles he won for Chelsea this season. Probably a little bit of, uh, a, little bit of a laugh from Conte there anyway. But anyway, let's move on to the big supper... Su- anyway, let's move on to the big topic of discussion today. And that is, of course, Alexis Sanchez. So Alexis Sanchez was benched um, at the weekend for Liverpool. Uh, reports of training ground bust-ups with teammates. And Sanchez pretty much looks like he's going to leave uh, the London club. With one year left on his deal, it seems like the correct thing to do for Arsenal to maybe let him go. Obviously, with Arsene Wenger rumoured to leave the club, it could be quite good for Arsenal to keep the Chilean international. But I think they'd have to get someone in that the Chilean wants to work with, uh, that can you know inspire him to sign that new deal and keep him scoring for Arsenal. Because Sanchez this season has been fantastic. First up, let's talk a little about the, the role that he's played for Arsenal this season. Sanchez has played uh, through the middle for Arsenal this year, operating uh, mostly as a central striker. He plays the role quite interestingly, similar to how he played at Udinese, where he starts from the middle, but drifts wide to open up space in the middle for teammates to attack that space in the middle. Most notably this season for Meza Ozil and Oxley chamberlain uh, Theo Walcott and of course Olivier Giroud. Sanchez plays as a kind of false nine, but in a way that he's drifting deep, he's looking to play through balls, he's looking to put crosses into the box. A number of assists this season have become from wide areas. In fact, three out of the eight assists in the Premier League have come from wide areas. Either balls to Meza Ozil, uh, Theo Walcott, 
both who have done very well from this sort of movement from Alexis Sanchez. As Sanchez comes towards the ball, those two players have done really well in getting forward into that sort of striking zone and scored a number of good goals. In terms of Mesut, scored more goals for Arsenal this season, nine in all competitions that he's managed in any of his single campaigns since joining uh, the London club. So it's been very impressive from Mesut Ozil and credit to Sanchez. Sanchez, in fact, has created four of those goals for Mesut which is the most uh, with the highest combination of assister to goal scorer in the Premier League. So it's an interesting proposition for Sanchez. Drifting inside, drifting outside, drifting deep, picking up the ball. He's a menace with the ball at his feet, very good with his direct dribbling, but also can pick a pass. In terms of through balls, no player's played more through balls than Sanchez in the Premier League this season. And of course, the, the eight assists to his name uh, means that it's quite a positive thing for Sanchez to pop up deep, turn, get his head up and play those through balls. Theo Walcott, another player that's um, you know been doing very well. The goal he scored against Manchester City. Great bit of individual play from Sanchez. Slid Theo Walcott through in the penalty area and a fine finish from the England international, who is actually on course to beat his best goal-scoring season ever. So he's doing very well through the, uh, you know, the Chileans' work pulling into those channels and opening up space for Walcott to come through the middle. In terms of his goal scoring, he's taken that to the next level this season as well. 17 goals in the Premier League, only bettered by Hurricane Harry Kane. In terms of his finishing this season, it's been so clinical, whether it's a volley, side foot. He's so alive in the penalty area and loves to absolutely smash the ball home. Very controlled finisher, but power is what Sanchez does. In terms of uh, Arsenal this season, he's been absolutely everything. In terms of chance creation, goal scoring, assists, he is their number one man. But unfortunately, the fallout, the descent that he's shown towards teammates potentially could spell the end for Sanchez. Which opens up to which club should he move to? Sanchez could move to, uh, you know, a number of top clubs in the world. Going to speak about three teams, because I think three teams could suit Sanchez quite well. First up, let's talk Manchester United. Manchester United, you say, not actually linked in the media to um, the Chilean international, but if we go back a few seasons, Ferguson's last year at Old Trafford, he put, picked up RVP in the summer. Wasn't really linked to Manchester United. United were pretty much going the other way. They were looking to get a playmaker. They signed Shinji Kagawa, but then Ron Van Persie became available. And that's what I think Mourinho potentially could do if they don't sign Antoine Griezmann. Griezmann should be the number one uh, choice at number 10 at attacking midfield. But Sanchez, Premier League proven, could do a very good role for Manchester United. In terms of Zlatan, he's linked up quite well this season with Wayne Rooney. In fact, Wayne Rooney has created four goals for uh, the big Swede this season. And their link-up is quite nice. Their link-up is like of a mature player. And it's similar to what Rooney was doing with Robin Van Persie, how I see this Rooney-Zlatan relationship. And equally, as soon as Sanchez co comes in, I could see Sanchez and Zlatan working out quite well. In fact, the big Swede has been caught offside more times than any other player in the Premier League. With Zlatan's uh, you know, ability to play a through ball or to get into those wide areas and play a cross sort of through ball from, from those wide areas, I expect a lot of goals that those two could combine with. Um, you know, Sanchez picking up the ball from deep, driving with the ball at his feet, then playing a slide rule th ball through to the big Swede to finish it off. So it could be a really interesting system that United could play. Obviously, the 4-2-3-1. Pogba, Herrera in midfield. Sanchez behind Zlatan and Rich, and obviously Mkhitaryan on one side and Anthony Martial on the other. That has goal got goals written all over it. You think about how Anthony Martial can get behind the back line, how Henrik Mkhitaryan can get behind the back line. It's all perfect for Alexis Sanchez's style of football, but also he'll add goals to this Man United team who have struggled without Zlatan. When Zlatan is off form, when Zlatan's finishing is
is letting the team down, nobody's stepping up. And, and likewise, the Griezmann signing, Sanchez would you know add an elite finisher to the side. He scored 19% of his shots in the Premier League this season, which is between that elite level for me. 15% to 25% shot conversion is, is absolutely you know insane. It's what you want, what the top players, that sort of the band of range. Anything above 29%, 25%, sorry, you are a joke. Top striker. But anyway, Sanchez to United for me makes a bit of sense. Moving on to Juventus, another team that Sanchez has been rumoured to by the press, the Daily Mail citing um, the Turin Club as a good place for Sanchez. Could be quite interesting. It's a little bit perplexing given the the number of forwards they have. You think of Dybala, Mandzukic and Higuain. Mandzukic more of a battering man, more of a defensive forward, good at getting up, uh, you know, great leap, great ability with his head. Gonzalo goals, you know, Gonzalo Higuain, top goal scorer, top finisher. What he's really evolved in the last few seasons at Napoli, at Juve, is he just anywhere near the penalty area, outside, inside. He is ruthless. Such a good finisher, such a cool finisher. And obviously, Dybala, the current, you know, the prince uh, Inter in at the moment. What a wonderful technical g- gifted player. Can have a le- cannon of a left foot, but his dribbling is reminiscent of Lionel Messi, which is a great, you know, sort of shout out to what Dybala's doing is his close control, his left foot is quite Lionel Messi-esque, which is a great compliment for the Argentinian international. In terms of how you, I could see um, Sanchez fitting in, in the system that uh, Max Allegri's played this season, the 4-4-2 or the 4-2-3-1 hybrid, you know, in, a, in attack there are 4-2-3-1, in defence there are 4 4-2. He could either play on that left-hand side, you know, he could take over the Mario Mandzukic role in a way. Mandzukic has been quite good with um, the right-hand side, Quadrado, Lichsteiner, Dani Alves aiming crosses that back post. Sanchez could come in and be that goal scorer or potentially at number 10, pushing Dybala out wide or even as a striker if, um, you know, Allegri decides to go for a false nine instead of Gonzalo's poaching uh, technique that could be a good option but what I'd quite like to see a, a formation that Allegri's sort of tinkered with this season uh, the 4-3-2-1 he tried to play it with Pjanic and, and Dybala off Gonzalo Higuain played it for a few games and it looked quite good but then he sort of shifted away and went to this 4-4-2 shape imagine this system so we've got the three guys in midfield. We're going to go with Marquisio, Pjanic and of course Kadira. Then two sort of number 10s inside forwards off Gonzalo Higuain. Dybala on the right-hand side and Alexis Sanjo on the right-hand side. That could be really tasty. Could transition back to a 4-5-1 without the ball. But going forward, that's got such direct dribbling. And in Serie A, that is quite a narrow league. That could be perfect. But also could catch teams out. You think of what the great teams in European football do right now. They play quite narrow. You know, the exciting teams that play quite narrow. Attackers quite close to each other. That front three could be absolutely devastating. So much pace, direct dribbling on the counter-attack, which would be perfect for Juventus in the Champions League. In terms of Champions League teams, uh, the ESPN have linked Alexis Sanchez today to, in fact, PSG. PSG is an interesting one. They've got quite a lot of attackers, similar to uh, the other teams that I mentioned, Manchester United and Juventus. PSG have a high um, calibre of attacker. You talk of Edison Cavani this season, who has finally clicked for him in Syria, you know, come out the shadows of Zlatan Ibrahimovic and is scoring goals for fun. He's going to be the number nine in this side. He isn't going to get knocked out the team. In terms of where Sanchez could fit in here, maybe, you know, on the left-hand side or the right-hand side, but given the form of Julian Draxler, uh, Lucas Moura, Di Maria, we've seen our Pastore who's come back from injury and look, and look really good recently. 
it could be quite difficult. And I can't see Sanchez moving to PSG without one of these other names moving out. But if he did move to PSG, he could play any of those three forward positions. I think the midfield base is sort of set with either Thiago, uh, Motto or Rabiot holding in defensive midfield. Then you've got uh, Verratti, who I just love as a central midfielder, and uh, Matuidi, who gives you that energy. So the front three is where um, sort of Alexis Sanchez is going to play, either through the middle as a false nine, on the left-hand side as an inside forward, or the right-hand side as a winger. Perfect stuff. So, in fact, where do I think Alexis Sanchez will move this summer? I do think it will be PSG, but arguably Manchester United would be a perfect part if they don't go for Antoine Griezmann or potentially even Juventus, back to Turin. He played some of his best football for Udinese. Again, mentioning uh, the run from inside to out. He trademarked there with uh, Di Natale staying as a central striker, scoring all those goals. Sanchez would create, would score. It was you know a lovely relationship together, and that's where he made his name. So Italy could be a good option as well. But anyway, in the comments below, or tweet me at Statman Dave, where do you think Alexis Sanchez should move? PSG, uh, Arsenal, should stay at Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea, Juventus, Real Madrid... Tell me. Get in those comments. Send me those tweets. But anyway, moving on, of course, we've got to talk about the Champions League fun that's going to be happening on Wednesday night because there's going to be two blinding games of football. First up, let's talk PSG versus Barcelona because that was an absolute classic. The first game was quality. PSG was so good. Di Maria had a blinder. Cavani was, uh, you know, his goal-scoring best. Julian Draxler... Nullified a little bit by Sergio Roberto in that first half, but drifted lovely to the right-hand side and took his goal very well. But the midfield is where uh, PSG really killed Barcelona. Matuidi, uh, Verratti doing the pressing, and Rabiot just cleaning up behind them. It was a brilliant system for Unai Emery in terms of the transition. I mentioned uh, in the review of the game on the football podcast last week how it was you know one of the forward, one of the central midfielders would press and sort of make a four-four-one-one shape, and the other one would drop back and you know partner the other guy in central midfield. Verratti was fantastic in the first half, playing. To so many wonderful passes in between the lines that was really unlocking the Barcelona midfield and defence getting the likes of Angel Di Maria in between the lines Julian Draxler and so forth wonderful performance and obviously Blaise Matuidi applying that pressure Rabiot really shone as well I was very impressed by his performance usually when you see Rabiot it's more energetic more pressing but he, he controlled the midfield zone in fact made more interceptions than any other player on the pitch during the game but Barcelona really shot themselves in the foot they were so poor with the ball credit to Emery's and PSG's press but Barcelona were not good enough on the ball weren't finding Lionel Messi the worry for PSG is that the last two games um, they've scored a combined 11 goals obviously they need to score five goals in this tie to go through you're looking at Lionel Messi what happened in the last game against Celta Vigo? Celta Vigo are a team have done pretty well in the La Liga in recent years. So you've got players like Nolito, Aspas. The team's been pretty decent. Um, I'm playing some good football. Barcelona took them apart at the weekend. And there was one man that was completely in control of this game. And that was Lionel Messi. Scored two goals, got the assist, but also played the second assist for the other goal. He basically fired a pass into the penalty area. It was miscontrolled and Rakitic cleaned it up. Messi was brilliant. In terms of what they're doing, they're getting Messi more involved. You know, that was something that I talked about. You need to get Messi more involved in the side. Since Luis Enrique, um, you know, told the squad that he was leaving, it seems like the, the work's gone up, the tempo's gone up, Messi is back in the game, and it's it's crucial. He's drifting a lot more, and he's, he's positioning himself a lot more at number 10. But in fact, his teammates are now finding him again. He received 67 passes um, against Celta Vigo, which is massive up on what he received against PSG and Atletico Madrid, the two big games we've seen recently. And he was fully involved in the tie. He completed 33 passes in the final third. That was, in fact, seven, uh, 15 more than any other player on the pitch. Completed 100% of his dribbles, created more chances, got more assists, scored more goals, had more shots. Messi 
Messi was back against Celta Vigo, and that is a massive worry for PSG because if they could, you know, if, if anyone can unlock a team, it's Lionel Messi, and it seems like he's just hit form again and at the perfect time. I, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be brilliant. I could easily see Barcelona coming back, potentially going to extra time penalties. So that is what I'm going to go with. 4-0 to Barcelona. Barcelona are going to take the tie to extra time and it's going to go down to penalties. Bold, bold decision-making from Dave there. Excellent stuff. Moving on to, of course, the big one, Borussia Dortmund versus Benfica, the hipster derby. It was so hip in that first leg. So many chances that Dortmund created. Edison with some fantastic saves, made five saves. Only Ospina made more in the first knockout round, but Dortmund were a little bit unlucky. Bemiang had one of his off days. Um, Usman Dembele missed a big chance. Julian Weigl had a shot that was well saved. I fully expect Dortmund to come back and absolutely destroy them. Benfica, for me, didn't have enough. I didn't think they had enough on the counter-attack. Uh, you know, they're, they're missing Guardes, who obviously joined PSG, a player that I didn't even mention before. Um, and I feel like I miss him. He was really good at attacking midfield when I saw Benfica early on in the, the campaign. And I feel they lack it. They miss his pace, his intensity, his, his pressing and so forth. Fully expect, expect Dortmund to blow them away. They destroyed uh, Bayer Leverkusen at the weekend and got Roger Smith sacked. They beat them 6-2. You know, Aubameyang grabbing a brace. Pulisic looking very good. Impact off the bench, again, could be used. Marco Royce looked good. Who's when Dembele grabbed himself an assist. Guerrero scored a goal. I fully expect Dortmund to blow these guys away. Going to go 4-1 Borussia Dortmund to take them through to the knockout stage, the next round of the knockout stages of the Champions League. Remember to get your score predictions to me on Twitter at StatmanDave. I want to hear what you guys think because you guys are important. Make sure you remember that. But anyway, guys, thanks for watching the Statman Dave football podcast today. Until tomorrow, where we are going to talk some more fun stuff. We're going to do some team of the week and we're going to review some Champions League games. Anyway, till then, see you later. Have a great evening and enjoy the football. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 